What is up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. It is September 27th. This is episode 198, and today we are talking about the one in three Texas Tech Red Raiders after they drop one in Morgantown to Neil Brown in West Virginia in what was a terrible football game. Uh, and we'll look uh, ahead to Houston as Donovan Smith and Dana Holgerson are set to come to Lubbock this weekend. Uh, but before we get into that, make sure you are following us. Follow the tailgate on Apple and Spotify. Give us those five stars, five stars for the tailgate. Uh, we would appreciate those reviews if you listen to us on Apple. Follow us throughout this football season. No matter how bad it gets, we'll be here to guide you along the way. Also, follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. It's where we do most of our posting and interacting on social medias. But if you uh, have Facebook or Instagram, you can give us a follow there. Uh, also, follow the YouTube channel. It's where we post some of our reactions and our prediction videos during the football season. Subscribe to the channel to be notified anytime we drop a video. And lastly, if you have anything to add to the tailgate, comments, questions, Anything that you would like us to discuss on here, you can always email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, Dustin, we are four games into the season, one game into conference play, and the Texas Tech Red Raiders are 1-3 and three, and now 0-1 in conference play. The season has not started anywhere near as we expected. We had high expectations for this team. Feeling a bit lied to, uh, feeling a little bit yeah. uh, gypped by some of the saying, 60 minutes of mm-hmm. us. Um, I think we tweeted it more like 60 minutes of shit. Um <laughs> Uh, pretty brutal start to this season. Before we get into to the West Virginia game, just how are you feeling now that a few days have passed? Where are you standing? Are you still frustrated? Uh, how are you at on this Wednesday? Yeah, I'm still frustrated just because of how pitiful that game was. You know, I thought we had confidence coming out of a close Oregon loss and pretty decent showing, and then a confidence booster in Tarleton, and then you lay a super dud of a game pretty much all around. Um, there's one little shining light in the backfield, but that's about it. But very, very disappointing, and no one really is living up to the preseason expectations and talk and hope for growth from maintaining almost this whole coaching staff and team, and that's what sucks is – we bought into all of it, and there was reason to, and none of it is coming to fruition. I know it's early, but still, like, that was one of your most winnable games of the year, and you really sucked. <laughs> yeah. Sucked is putting it lightly there. Um, yeah, I mean, when we did our preseason stuff, when we did our, like, worst-case scenarios, we still had us beating Wyoming and West yeah. Virginia and, and to fall – West Virginia just kind of shows you how how rough this start is, and they weren't they didn't even play good. They no. were on their backup quarterback, um, and he didn't even play all that great. And you still somehow find yourself on the wrong side of this. And we'll get into the offensive side of the ball. 
defense kept you in it, but also made some mistakes that that hurt you uh, a few times. But ultimately, Texas Tech falls to Neil Brown in West Virginia. First time we've lost to a Neil Brown coached West Virginia team. Uh, 20 to 13 in this one. Uh, a struggle on the offensive side of the ball. You were never able to get really anything going, especially in the first half. Um, and ultimately see West Virginia get, you know, a touchdown late. And then you have to go down the field. Uh, you're able to get a field goal. Neil Brown even was trying to lose the game there at the end or let you tie it by passing three yeah. times and giving you a chance to get the ball back without having to burn your timeouts. Yeah. Uh, and you're still unable to go down and score. Uh, so ultimately you drop, you drop your first game of conference. Uh, let's start getting into the game part of it. Um, Really, like, how are you feeling Saturday right after this one ended and, and that catastrophe that that kind of was, and especially with how it ended? Yeah, I'm pretty pissed off at, and, you know, our Twitter. Both of us were very triggered, happy on Twitter about things, but I think it was rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, very pissed off at that mostly offensive showing um, because if you would have told any team from the last, like, almost 15 years, like, Hey, we'll give you 20 points. We'll win that game every time. Yeah. And we've done that twice, yep, twice exactly. this year. <laughs> twice this year, we've held the other team to 20 points and either tied or lost that game. And that's mind boggling to me and Texas Tech fans, yep. you know, under the air raid type system. And so one, one touchdown is God awful. Like, and that's like, no, we'll get into Kitley's offense more, but like, one touchdown is awful. Two for 19, I think, was on 18 on third downs. Two for 18. Whew. I mean, it's it 20. And the other thing I kept noticing and, like, looking, like, 25 minutes time of possession. And, like, I'll go through the drive chart later when we talk about Kitley. But 25 minutes is very bad when you are just never moving the ball and never getting first downs. Like, you're yeah. never you're, you were never giving yourself a chance to win that game. And. So that's that's where most of my frustration lies. And, I mean, I hope – I know McGuire is really good on the microphone and talking, and he's a very true and honest guy. But I hope behind the scenes, like, him and Kitley are having some very tough conversations about get your crap together. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I don't really tune into a lot of his press conferences, but I wanted to hear what he had, what Joey had to say on Monday after you know what was a a, a rough game. A rough yeah, I go, I go back and watch him. You know, he he's still very adamant about how he feels about this team. Um, you yeah, know, he's he's still supporting Kitley in the ways that he needs to. But yeah, there's definitely got to be some conversations behind, and we'll get into some of that offensive stuff as as and- as we go further. Go ahead. And yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up too about, you know, people are going at McGuire and, or just bringing it up. Like, you know, he was very um, rambunctious about his expectations for this team this year. And I still stand by that. I mean, I like how he coaches in his approach yeah. and demeanor and being very forthcoming with his thoughts and expectations. And I think that fits better with the kids you're recruiting nowadays too and I still don't see anything wrong with saying what the expectations are that we can win the Big 12 we expect to win the Big 12 and making those kids rise up to that rather than the old school mentality of never saying expectations 
or that anybody's like yeah. that good. I like it the other way around, honestly, that all these dudes are that good. And then now, now he can tell them like, dude, I thought you were this good. Why aren't you meeting up? And they can step up to the, to the plate and meet those. Now. Yeah. I, I don't mind it either. You know, I, I, yeah. I, you know, it was fun. You know, this off season was fun and it's nice to have a coach who's like confident in his group. It just does. Yeah. We've had the super coach speak guys yeah. for the last, what, 12 years or whatever it's been it hasn't now. Worked. And it, it sucks. <laughs> and, and I, I'm still like very pro Joey. Like this isn't have yes. me jumping off the cliff or anything yet. I, I I'm frustrated with how things have gone. It's frustrating when, you know, you're screaming 60 minutes of us and all this stuff and you can't <laughs> even get one full quarter of you, you know, the other teams look like the, the brand more than you do. And that's the right. parts where I have a problem with it. But um, you know, when you look at it, it's a lot of execution. It's a lot of little things, little mistakes. Yeah. And so it's things that you also realize that the talent's not there yet. You know, we're still I working on getting those guys. You, you weren't left with really good recruiting classes through with Matt Wells, no. you know, and, and sure he left and you some transfers that you're utilizing and have been very good for you, but you know, he didn't develop through high school. And that's one of the things yeah. you're facing is you just don't have the depth that you thought you had. Yeah on offensive and defensive line. And so, um, like it does, I do feel gypped and I, you know, I was so excited for the season. It felt like it was going to go great. And so to be sitting here one and three is really devastating. And you know, my enthusiasm for the rest of the season is definitely taking a hit. Um, yeah, you know, I had no doubt my dad's like, he's got tickets to Baylor and the UT games and stuff like that. And now he's oh, like, no. I don't know if I'm going to, don't think I'm going to put myself up for those. And, um, and so that's just, it's frustrating, but ultimately, uh, uh, what what got uh, what started off bad got worse <laughs> against West Virginia. Tyler Shuck breaks his leg mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in the first half. I, I can't remember exactly what part of the game. Yeah, it I felt, feel like it was kind of early. I don't remember. Felt like end of first quarter, early second quarter ish is when kind of around that time when that happened. Um, absolute warrior though he he broke his leg got up and tried to do the next play and you could tell he was already hurt he didn't know how bad it was thought it was just an ankle and then he took a step yeah. to throw that pass and it was uh not pretty uh not pretty nope. had to be taken off with the air cast on um and he will be done for the season unfortunate for him uh feel bad for the guy you know he's he's been here three years and he's been hurt every single year um, and while there's frustrations with him at times, and while uh, I think you and me weren't, weren't sure if he was the guy to lead us, we, we never wanted to see him go out this way. Always wanted him to to go out <laughs> healthy. Um, and and you know we were rooting for him to ball out for for us this week and, and kind of right the offensive ship. Yep. But ultimately, how you feeling about Tyler Shuck and, and this unfortunate break for him? Yeah, you said it sucks that. It happened like this. I mean, we were rooting for the guy and hoping for the best, and that's overall like kind of the weirdest or suckiest thing is we never got the potential that we could see and yeah. hoped for and whatnot in any of his years here because of Injury. collarbones and ankles, you know, in three years and only like 10 games or something like that, maybe not even that. And so it's very disappointing for him on that note. Um, and yeah, we didn't want the quarterback change to happen because of a broken leg. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And we were wanting it to be performance based. 
<laughs> not leg based. Yeah. It's, so it was that's tough. What sucks. It's tough to see him, but he seemed in good spirits. And I saw a photo today that I think he's had a surgery and he's back home. And so, uh, we root for a, a good recovery for him and, and, you know, whatever the next step is for him, we'll still be t- uh, Tyler Shuck fans, uh, moving forward fans of his. And from everything I've heard, he's just a good, a good guy, a good teammate, good guy to be around. So, um, you know, rooting for him and his recovery comeback, you know, the comeback is always better. Uh, so we'll be rooting for him, but the guy who had to back him up, Baron Morton came in and well, things did not get better when Baron entered, uh, for the offense, you, uh, struggled in the first half. You struggled in the second half. As we mentioned, you only get one touchdown, um, his QB performance was a, a, a 16, a 16.1 QBR, which was lowest in the big 12. So second straight week, yeah, had a quarterback with a 16, uh, QBR. Uh, so that's not great. What were your thoughts on his performance? Um, you know, when he was kind of had to be thrown out there, uh, and then how he was able to perform the rest of the game. Yeah. I don't think that's an excuse. I think you gotta be ready, especially with, yeah, you know, how the last couple of weeks have gone. You should, you should know, be ready at any time, especially with how the tech quarterback no, room has last gone. years have gone. <laughs> be ready at any time. If you're the backup or the third stringer, hear that Jake strong. Yeah. Um, so I don't blame game planning or anything. And he's played a handful of games before, you know, at last year. So he's been in this spot. He had a great game against West Virginia yeah. last year. So like, what are the same team? And so 13 to 37 for like one sixties. Horrible. Um, Underthrew. Yeah. A lot of passes. Like, had a rollout at one point with a guy wide open and could it just take a half second, set your feet and launch that sucker and it gets there for a tutty. And instead, he just throws it on the run and skips it in short. And so, I, I don't know. He just, he didn't look like the Baron Morton we saw most of last year and even from Tarleton. So, I don't know what that was or maybe if it was the Chuck injury that threw him off or what it was, but that just didn't look like the same guy that we have come to expect so far. Yeah. That, that pass that should have been a touchdown get set. Everybody's trying to Mahomes it, you know, trying to sling it down there now. That's what I've heard a lot too is like (laughs) maybe Mahomes kind of has ruined some quarterbacks thinking they can sling it like this, especially with baseball backgrounds, but you can't do things he can do. You're not Patrick Mahomes. It's the Steph Curry thing in basketball. Everybody trying to shoot yeah. threes and stuff like that. It's like, you know, not everybody's Mahomes. So get your feet set. Maybe it wasn't good awareness on his part. Maybe he didn't think he had enough time. Um, but, yeah, he definitely had time, and that would have been a huge play for you. And on, on a day where you couldn't have big offensive plays, you needed that. You need him to make that throw. Um, I, yeah, I thought he struggled – struggled pretty bad he, he didn't look good he didn't look comfortable he didn't look like he was no. reading the defense well it didn't look like he was going through his options he kind of felt like he was just stuck on option one and if option one wasn't open i gotta run um your offensive line didn't help him out your receivers didn't really help you out either there was lots of drop passes it was one of the things they talked about in joey's conference there was nine drop passes oh, yeah said seven nine. of them were were ones that we should have had that's a, mm, that's so a seven high real number. Ones. That's a high number. Seven's still way too many. Um, and sometimes that's like your quarterback misplaces it, but you know if you can get a hand on it, you can catch it. That's the saying. And uh, your yeah. receivers are dropping the ball a lot. So I thought like a lot of things. I don't think Kit, I didn't think Kitley helped Baron out. 
I didn't think the receivers helped yeah, Baron out. I didn't think the O line helped Baron out. Um, the only guy, yeah, who, I, the only guy he was was Taj. <laughs> right. Um, and to kind of go, you know, no one's really innocent besides Taj on this offense. Um, but like, yeah, you talking about going through his reads and stuff. Like when we had that fourth down, or not fourth down, that that one uh, in Nehemiah, the one at the eleven, and the first play we had like a stack at the top and a lot of good route combinations oh, yeah, up yeah. there, and he never looked up there and looked at uh, Jordan on the left and literally just threw it away. Yeah. Didn't even give Jordan a chance for the catch. And if you look back at the screen, Nehemiah's open and. Uh, somebody else came open too. Yeah. So I don't know. If, I just hated like, I literally was like, we just wasted a play and didn't even give our receiver a chance. Like, why are you throwing the ball like that? And stuff like that was what was frustrating. That happens multiple times with Baron. Like there's multiple times where me and my dad were watching the game. We're like, you got a guy wide open right here. If you can go through your progressions, if you can not just stare at one guy, um, you yeah. know, on one of those, on one of those passes on that, when you had it at the 11, you throw it to your uh, tight end. I think it was um, mm. Mason Tharp over on the side. And he was just staring oh, yeah. Mason down the whole time. And so, yeah. of course, the defender kind of knows the break over there. And so, there and got tipped. Tharp was open. If you maybe looked off the safety, look a different way, maybe Tharp would have been wide open. We're also another play where we didn't throw it very high to Mason Tharp. Yeah, it is <laughs> baffling. Why are we throwing it at his hip? <laughs> His hip is the same size as everybody else's. We're throwing, throwing it in his where, hands and no one else can reach. You're putting it to where the 5'11", 6-foot defender can make a play on it. <laughs> He's 6'9". Throw it up there. <laughs> oh, it's just so baffling on some of the, the placement. And, you know, the quarterback yeah. play has just been subpar for me this year. You know, uh, Tyler Very. was, you know, I, I don't want to shit on a guy who's already hurt, but he wasn't playing any good at this no. this game. And he'd been struggling and. And Barron comes in here and is just kind of the same thing. The offense was slow. His throws were off. He can't read a defense. He can't make mm -hmm. uh, on-target passes. Your receivers, for some reason, don't feel like they're on the same page with him. So it all ultimately culminates to a really sh kind of shitty offensive day besides one bright yeah. point, and that was Taj Brooks, who uh, was yeah. absolutely your workhorse for you on the offensive side of the ball. He had 25 carries for 149 yards. Let's go. Uh, and really, when you look at our drive chart, um, first half was, I think he had two or three carries in the first half. And this is how your drive chart looks like. Three plays, punt. Six plays, field goal. Three plays, punt. Three plays, punt. Three plays, punt. Four plays uh, over on downs. Uh, and then two plays in the half. Like That's how your offense looks like when you're not giving Taj Brooks the ball. Now you start giving him mm -hmm. the ball in the second half. Five plays, not great, but still five plays. Punt, eight plays over on downs. Four plays, punt. 13 plays, touchdown. 14 plays, field goal. 15 plays, and that was how the game ended because all of a sudden you stopped handing the ball off when you, you needed to start handing the ball off. Um, Dustin, your thoughts on Taj's performance, and then we'll get into the, the, the annoying part of it uh, after. <laughs> Yeah, I'll come back to the drive chart when we go. We talk about the general offense in a minute. Um, Taj was great, especially second half when we fed the man. I mean, that's a career high in uh, rushes for him at 25. And I think Tech fans are and armchair coordinators are correct when 
He needs more. <laughs> like, been 35. <laughs> man, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it and change it and do something else. I mean, I know we're trying to run into good boxes and uh, uh, audible into what they're giving or not giving us, but hell at some point if he's doing that good and the oh lines feeling it just keep running it at their face until they stop you mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and so i like i think that needs to become our mentality is even if the box is even um obviously not a loaded box but even box and it's questionable like screw it give it to Tosh. he's our best player and our yeah. offensive line can run block better than they can pass block apparently so give the ball to our best player and let him run. He's goddamn 225 pounds and looks it too and runs it. Yeah. Anytime you great. Give, it, give him the ball. Anytime you give it to Taj, it's a positive play. Like dude's yeah. going to fall forward and get two yards and you're on second and eight instead of second and 10, you know, like he, he fights, he gets the extra yard. He's guaranteed. Like right now he's averaging six yards a carry. Like, Whew. like uh, I, I don't understand how you can go three plays without handing him off the ball. And like no. you start off the game and it's Tyler Shuck run, Tyler Shuck run, Tyler Shuck pass. Um, yeah. That's bullshit. Uh, uh, like, I don't know how Taj Brooks doesn't get the first play. It's got to be first or second play. Um, like, it's absolutely easy. a joke to me. And, and that's why like 25 carries. I saw Don Williams tweet out 25 carries is the most carries a tech running back has had since 2019. Um, and it should have been more. It should have been 35. Yeah. Uh, There's just multiple times in this game where all of a sudden he's the only offense that you had. He's the only reason like Baron started playing a little bit better because Taj was able to break off some runs, settle him down, uh, get the pass protection a break because they're doing so good on the running game. And he's busting these runs off and he's fighting hard for extra yards and converting on fourth downs for you. And then your last two drives, you have the ball. It's like you, the field goal, um, Taj Brooks run for eight yards. You convert on a fourth and two. And then after that, it's Baron Morton pass incomplete. Baron Morton pass incomplete. Baron Morton pass incomplete. <laughs> and it's like, why did all of a sudden do we get away from these yeah. Taj Brooks runs? Like when you need him the most, when you're down in scoring territory, like why are you not handing him off the ball? And then of course the last possession of the game, you know, he converts for you on another fourth down and then you have the ball at the 11 and it's four straight passes. There's no, yep. there's no question in my mind that first down and like ten should have been. Of the end zone, like I said, like I said, the throwaway to Jordan Brown, the close one to Tharp, the close one to Jaden York, and then a nothing throw at the end because we got pressure on yeah. us. It's like you didn't even you could have went run, run. Now you got second and seven, yeah. six, seven, eight, and you're playbook i feel like is a lot better needing six yards to score than 11 yards yeah. it'll do baron morton a favor baron morton i've been playing good like you need to get him a little bit closer i think uh and yeah. I, I didn't understand why you're going for the end zone every time there you had 11 yards to work with yeah. you had plenty of time you had two timeouts it was just baffling it was like why are you not giving the ball to your best player the guy who's the only reason you're in this game um you know offensively was because of him and so just very frustrating because he was so good for you and every time you really needed to give him the ball uh, that's all of a sudden you started passing it and sure some of those calls mm-hmm. looked like they were going to work those two passes to the tight end like 
like just a bit off on the one to Tharp and Jaden York, yeah. like the throw was just a tiny bit off, but he also misread it, mistimed the jump. And then you have two incomplete passes on what could have been touchdowns. I get those. I know Joey said he liked those play calls there. Um, but still, I, I don't understand how you don't give the ball to Taj Brooks there. Any other Taj notes you want to hit on? No, feed the man. Yeah, feed the man. Like, it, it's just ridiculous that we got to keep begging for it. And this is what two years now of like run the damn ball. Uh, and, and the other part is like, you know, really before, like with Shuck, you're running the ball with Shuck more than Taj. And it just is baffling to me, you know. And then the other frustrating part for me is Shuck gets hurt. Baron comes in and you're running fucking quarterback powers with Baron Morton, your second string quarterback, where you got Jake Strong, a freshman who's never played <laughs> behind yeah, him. We need Why to cut that out. I mean, that's a great segue into what the hell's going on with the rest of the offense, because that's one of the things I wrote down was we need to not intentionally run Baron. Yeah. Like he's Donovan Smith or Tyler Shuck, because one, he's not that big, and that's not his strong suit. And two, we don't need to get him hurt. That's how Shuck got hurt. That's how other guys have gotten hurt. I know that's not how Barron got hurt last year because he was rolling out. But the only time Barron needs to be running is if he's extending a play. Yeah. Like, we need to be running a more traditional offense, passing and running in RPO stuff. But, like, go down, get down, don't take hits, and don't make him take hits. We don't need to be running this yeah. wildcat crap with Baron Morton, which is one of the plays we ran a QB power and he gets tackled right onto his right arm. And, you know, apparently he's fine and going to start for you against yeah, Houston. Like, oh, his shoulder, but it's his great. shoulders hurt. And it's because you're running a QB power instead of giving it to, or your running back who's almost guaranteed to get the first down on a third and two. Um, but yeah, so the, our next segment area this is just titled what the hell is going on with this offense because yep. we're not going to spend too much time talking about the defense the defense played really good gave you a chance to win got two turnovers malik dunlap yeah. continues to play well uh, your linebackers have played well some some silly penalties from here and there i mean um, i do have a couple defensive things well, well let's get do you want to do it now let's get the defense out of the way and then yeah because I, okay. I just want to vent about offense and i mean <laughs> yeah i i still like our defense a lot i mean like I mentioned when we started this, you've had two games that you only gave up 20 points, and you should by far win those games. You have good, great run defense and good secondary play. Linebacker has been pretty solid, like you mentioned. But it's the little, little things that are killing us. Like we gave up five first downs on penalties. Yeah, That hurts. A lot that extends the other team's drive, time of possession, crap like that. A few of them were just bad. It was just like a dude tackling a guy on a pass. It's just things. And it's that, just discipline yeah. stuff, kind of like you mentioned at the start with the, with Coach McGuire said, like just discipline stuff, man. Um, back to the you know nine for ninety six on penalties, half of those are first downs. Yeah, golly guys, and then only one sack again. Like that's pitiful. Yeah, Linton and Cole aren't getting it done and then we're not generating it through a blitz either. So, and that's what also killed us. This game was, you know, the run defense was good. Once again, it was when the quarterback was able to scramble and get loose yeah. on us and running on pass plays. So if you look at the box score, you'll see, you know, quarterback has all these rushing yards. Well, that's 
scramble yards and we're just not containing. Yep. And that's been the story all season so far. No sacks, no, no lane integrity to keep the quarterback in check. And so some stuff we got to try to get down, but we still haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, definitely frustrating penalties drive just extended those drives. And I'm pretty sure those are the drives that they scored on, you know, like that's how they got those touchdowns and you just kept giving them yards when you'd get a stop, Um, you know, and and some unnecessary ones. I thought there were a couple, uh, you know, it was a little bit home cooking officiating wise. I thought West Virginia got the benefit of most calls, but uh, it's still not why you lost this game. I know. It's still not why you lost this game. You lost it because you didn't do anything on offense, which gets us back to our offensive conversation. And we're just going to kind of vent here for a little bit, but let's start (laughs) off with the main question about, I think you and me are both pretty fired up on Twitter uh, in our texting groups about how we feel about Kitley right now, but where do you stand with him and, and, and this offense right now that he's running? Yeah, it's pretty, it's been awful this year. Um, I'll say it again. I've harped on it. That's my theme song today. Defense is giving you 20 freaking points, yeah. and we can't, can't overcome that. that. What are we? What are we, Iowa, all of a sudden? Like, a guy who's bragging about putting up 50 burgers and wearing 50 burger t shirts can't get over fucking 13 points. <laughs> we can't even get 50 yards in the first half. I think we had 46. You know? Um, it's terrible. I mean, you listed off the drive chart earlier, and. In the first half, we had six drives. I'm not going to include the one that ended right. the half with like two possessions. Um, and we only had one series that was over, that was not a three or four and out. Right. And that came off an interception that we started at their 35, and all we got was a field goal out of it. Out of both the interceptions we had, two takeaways, we got three points. Unbelievable. That's terrible, terrible, terrible stuff that we've harped on for years. Like, we got to get points off turnovers. That's what we – that killed us last year. Mm-hmm. We would give points on our turnovers. And so, like, man. And then, like, again, on those time of possessions, I mean, you're at, you're clocking under two and under one for some of those. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Your first. One. And it comes back to, like, you're not giving it to Taj. You didn't throw a lot of incompletions. To touch on that timing and, note, you didn't have a single drive go over two minutes in the first half. No. Nope. 154 was that biggest one, and a couple at 130. And, yeah, so very, very, very awful there. And drops are contributing to the receipt. Like yeah. I said, the receivers are not holding up their end, literally. Catch the freaking ball. We thought we had a good receiving core. We have a very mediocre receiving core yeah. as of right now. Um, even guys like Miles Price are not stepping up. Jaron Bradley hasn't been a game breaker mm-hmm. type player that we expected. He's just another dude out there. I know he's caught a few touchdowns for you, but he hasn't changed the game right. or changed yeah. how the defense is playing because he's balling out so hard. You know, he's not Antoine Wesley, you know, a handful of years ago. And it's been terrible there. I mean, Mason Tharp has been a decent bright light i guess when <laughs> we decide to throw to him <laughs> <laughs> like it's hard to, it's very hard to find good things to say on what, this whole group if yet what's our offensive identity 
right now we don't have one. That's I, I think we? that's the biggest problem. You don't have an identity. Well, in uh, part of Kitley's philosophy is he doesn't want. I don't know if I'm saying this correctly. He doesn't necessarily want to have an identity. He wants to be good at everything, everything and take what they're giving you. And so he gave Tyler Shuck a lot of flexibility to change the play at the line and get us into the right play. Whether that happened or not, I don't know. Um, I kind of hope Baron Morton doesn't have as much of a leash on that. And yeah. Kitley can just... Now, obviously, like if we see a light box, screw it. We're giving it to Taj. If we see a heavy box, let's run a slant to Jaron Bradley real quick or something like that. But... Besides that, like, I mean, it needs to be running the ball. Yeah. That's our best plays. We got good tight ends to block. Like, that's my frustration. I mean, I remember I said this, too, that on Saturday, like, during the leech days, our receivers never dropped a pass. Yeah. It It didn't even matter how stupid Graham Harrell threw the ball. They would catch it with their goddamn pinky toe. Like, some of the catches those guys – made were incredibly yeah. stupid. It was shocking if you saw a drop pass. <laughs> you know, it was like, whoa, like, what's that? <laughs> get the freaking tennis ball machine out. That's what Leach would do. And make those guys stand up, sit on the ground, lay on the ground, every which way position and catch tennis balls till they're sick of it. Our guys because that's what they that's what they did back then. <laughs> our guys are too busy already trying to think of the celebration they're gonna do when they make the catch. You know, Jaron Bradley can't make a catch without getting up and doing something. And you're like, Are you trying to think about like what how are you gonna show off to the cornerback you made the catch on before you even got the ball in your hands? For me, yeah. it's like, yeah, there's no offensive identity with this team. It's like it no. feels like we want to be a pass team, but we can't pass. We don't have a single receiver who's gone over 100 yards this year. No, um, not even close. You know, your your top receiver had three yards and had three uh, receptions for 45 yards in Xavier White. And I think Xavier White is maybe my favorite receiver on this team. I think he needs the ball more. Um, you know, I don't and, – and Jordan Brown well, Right too. now, Mason Tharp's our best receiver. Yeah. I, I think Jordan Dude. Brown also is has been really oh, good yeah. for you. He, he had a good he, game he at least. He makes some but, like, good everybody catches, else. But, those yeah, those are the guys that I trust more than like Jaron Bradley and Miles Price right now. And it's like Miles has a ton of the drops and, and passes that are are completely catchable too. Uh, yeah, and he makes an absurd touchdown catch that he does against sure. uh, Tarleton State, but it's like man, the, the the drops hurt you worse than you know than you know than the catch does good for you. You know, you got to make those catches to extend the drives. But for me, it's like there's no there's no identity on offense. No. Um, you, you seem like you, you can run the ball. Your line can block for your yeah. run. Taj Brooks can run the ball, but you, it's like Kitley's scared to run the ball. If it doesn't get 10 yards, he, it feels like it's a failure. Yes. Uh, but it's like, Hey, a three yard run, a four yard run. That's not bad. Like you'll take that. If you get three, four yard yeah. runs, that's a first down. Like, Hey, do the math, man. Um, well, and to stick with that, like to support your point there, like part of the problem is like, we can't get first downs obviously like in most of this game and in some of these other games like we're not catching the ball to help ourselves we only run the ball to get shorter yes. second or third down plays rather than pass 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 now we're at third and 10 or third and 15 or yep. whatever we end up with like third and 26 i think we had something stupid at one point this last game like running the ball helps your future play calls and helps to extend drives yep preach and <laughs> 
and and we don't want to run the ball. Um, for me, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I question about this whole offensive coaching staff. Like it's, it's not just Kitley. I don't think Kitley's the only fault here. And while like it, some of the play calling and stuff has looked bad, the executions look bad. Like is juice an upgrade is juice an upgrade at wide receiver coach from Emmett Jones. Like we made it seem like juice was a significant upgrade, maybe recruiting wise, but I haven't been impressed with our receivers. They've gotten worse. It seems like they've all regressed a little bit. Our offensive line can't pass protect. They've regressed a little bit. Literally the only position that is good is your running backs, which is mainly just because yeah. of Taj Brooks um, right. and him being so good. So like literally all the parts of the offense feel like they've gotten a little bit worse. Like Baylor Cup is non-existent. Like sure, Mason Tharp's had some moments and that's been good, but Baylor, <laughs> Baylor Cup is non-existent. Um, and so I don't really, I feel like your tight ends are, have a significant like, not a significant increase. It's a slight one. The only yeah. position that's yeah. actually been much better yeah, is just point. Taj. So that's the frustrating part for me is like, like Kitley is the offensive coordinator. That is his responsibility. And the entirety of it has felt like it's taken a gigantic step back from last year. And, yeah. and last year wasn't even smooth sailing to say, you know, you and me were both, <sighs> it was a Rocky. It was up and down with him. And it finally felt like kind of at the end of the season, especially the Ole Miss game, was like, okay, maybe he's kind of figured it out a little bit. But maybe a year of finally calling Power 5 offenses, maybe that will help him out in year two, and it just feels like he's gotten worse. And then I thought about this the other day, kind of randomly, and I want to get your your thoughts on this. All right. Remember when Patrick Mahomes was quarterback here and Cliff Kingsbury was our off, our coach, our offensive coordinator, yeah. and Zach Hitley was a what a grad assistant who assisted I'm with the QBs, uh, I think. He goes on to coach at Houston Baptist in yeah. Western Kentucky, you know, small, some small conference ball, and now he's up to the Power Five. Remember when Patrick Mahomes made it to the NFL and like a year or two in said that he didn't know how to read a defense? <laughs> yeah. Do you think Zach Kitley knows how to teach a quarterback how to read a defense? Because Kitley had was close to Mahomes there. That's one of the reasons that he's gotten to where he is, is like he was around Mahomes. But it doesn't look like our quarterbacks can read a defense. And that's one of the things that's like, he's our quarterback coach and our offensive coordinator. And it doesn't seem like he needs to be our quarterback coach anymore. I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of layers of that. It's a good point. I didn't think about it, but it's a good point kind of connect those dots but also like i'm probably reaching a little bit yeah (laughs) yeah if you look at the general landscape of college football that style of coaching is 90 percent of it yeah because you still have you know 19 20 year old trying to just learn the offense they can't learn defense either you know, they're, they're one read, maybe two reads, get the ball out. You know, even the Ohio State quarterbacks, you know, are doing that. Like, you got to get guys that are super smart, like Tua, um, to be able to do some above-level things like that. But I feel like we um, were doing that in the Leach era, and maybe that's just how Leach coaches quarterbacks. But, if, if you know, that's how they did it. Yeah. You weren't I looking think- to the sidelines every play call. You were The quarterbacks were probably getting the play and then getting up there and assessing and making their own changes. But Right. I mean, but, yeah, that's kind of the style of college football right now is trying to be – Teach your offense, make it quick, get into the right play. Look, read this linebacker or defensive end, and that's about it. Um, yeah, 
There's something so I thought of, and I was like, "Does my rebuttal?" It's still a good point to bring up. Is I mean, still got to read some safeties a little bit, or you know, not stare your receiver down, or you know, you got to be able to read no. more than one or two looks, and it just it seemed that way with Shuck so far this season, and and Barron didn't prove <laughs> anything otherwise. It was very much if my option one or option two isn't there, then I'm scrambling, you know, and 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 it's. And it's sometimes clean pockets, and you don't need to scramble. <laughs> and sometimes it is the yeah. pockets broken down. It just feels like the quarterbacks have significantly gotten worse from year one to year two. And that's what's concerning to me is, like, with this offense, with him, it should have been better this year. And it's not, yeah, seeing, it's not, it, up, that's for not sure. seeing it take a step up is the concerning thing. It makes you think, well, can he get this back on track? So, Dustin, for you, how what can he do? to show you that he can write this ship on, on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, the three and outs killer. I mean, I think that's, yeah, we didn't even talk about start. that. Sorry. Let's, let's stop there and talk about that. Two for 18. <laughs> yeah. Two for 18. And then if you throw in the fourth downs, seven for 26 is your total third and fourth, you know, which my new stat I'll start putting together. Sweet. Treat those the same. Seven for twenty six. So I want to I want to stay here Ooh. as well for a second because I was thinking about this earlier today too because this is probably my most frustrating stat and and I know it's something that you and me text about a lot and we're like wow because I remember just counting up the numbers it's like wow two for twelve, wow two for fourteen, wow two for seventeen, wow two for eight. It's just like how are you not getting these these first downs on third down Ooh. and and I think it's just because like you are playing for fourth down like you know you have a fourth down so you're throwing in bullshit calls but i don't understand why we don't just try to get it on third down of course like i like having how we have an extra down here to get it but you realize like that fourth down you don't get it you turn the ball over like why aren't we trying to execute on third downs more i don't get it yeah i do think we need to put more of an emphasis especially now that we don't have like the rpo style quarterback to run it up your face like donovan or tyler um i think we need to emphasize more get a quality first down and then execute second and third down much, much better. Um, and I think that's part of it is, you know, we're dropping the ball or we're having penalties or we have a terrible first play. And then we're not even giving ourselves much of a chance with yardage on third down. You yeah. know, I think last year we had a lot of third and super shorts, whereas this year it seems like it's third and four plus, you know, Yep. rather than third and two or one. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. But that's where I think it has to start is you got to get longer drives and extend some drives. Like having only one set of plays that got a first down is terrible. One series that got a first down in the first half is so, so yeah. bad. Here's, um, here's your third downs in the first half, third and seven. So over. Third and seven. Long. long. Third and 16. Very long. Third and six. Long. Third and 20. Very long. Here's your third downs in the second half. You have a third and 11. Long. A third and four. All right, manageable. All right, you got a third and one you converted on with the Taj Brooks okay, run. Okay, there's a short. Then you got back to a third and four with the Taj Brooks run for three yards. Okay which left you with a fourth and one that you ran and you turned the ball over there because you didn't get the, you didn't do the, the, the QB sneak, right? 
Uh, next drive, you had a third and 15 that you failed to convert. Uh, let's see. Third and two, failed to convert. Get the fourth and one. Third and nine, failed to convert. Um, then let's see some other third downs. Third and three, okay. failed to convert. Third and 10, convert. <laughs> uh, third and 10, failed to convert. And then you have third and three, fail to convert. You run for two yards. You have a third and two that you fail to convert, incomplete pass. And then you have the third and ten kind of at the end of the game. So you have a lot of a lot of yards on those third and tens. That is more than ten. I think I counted 11 or 12. I might have lost count in there. More than ten plays that are long third downs. And, hell, more than a handful of them were more than third and ten. And then the other ones are like third and short where you can't get those either. So it's just like kind of baffling that you can't convert on the short yardage. And like we, we already know, like if you have a long, if we have a third and 10, I'm already counting it as a punt almost like in my head. I'm like, yeah, we're not getting that. But yeah, that's where I think it's gotta be is we got to extend drives. I mean, that was sweet that, you know, our best scoring plays were 13 and 14 play drives towards the end. Now, 14 for 59 yards sucks Yeah, <laughs> overall, but we're taking up time. We're getting plays. Like, that's just way, way, way better. We're wearing down the defense. That's where I think it starts is quality downs and extending drives in series. Yeah, you've got to have first better down. first first downs, first second downs. I think one of the most frustrating things to me is, like, you have a good play. You get that first down. You hurry up. You run the hurry up. You get to the line, and then you just do some dumb play, and then all of a sudden it's second down before you – Blink your eye, you know. You also started this game just like in Tarleton with a three and out. Yeah, the script plays aren't That's even working. Goddamn unacceptable. <laughs> it's two straight games. We've gone three and out on the first drive. You got three yards on the first first drive of the you know game. Like that's the scripted stuff isn't even working for you. I just nope. The the play calling has got to get better on the first and second downs. You got to get yourself in better yeah. positions on those third downs in order to convert. And when you have a third and short. Like, let's convert those. Let's get that first down there. Yeah. And then let's move on with it. And it's frustrating to have like a third and two, and then you throw a fade to Nehemiah Martinez and not run the ball for two yards or something. It's just, we got to be better all around. Yeah. First, second, third down. I I don't want to see eight attempts on fourth down. I just don't want to do it. Like, we can, I would love to see how many fourth downs we have attempted in Joey Maguire era so far compared to like the next team over the last like, you know, year and a half. I know we led, led last year in attempts and conversions. So we're number one for sure. We gotta be number one. And I wonder what the second number, (laughs) the second place team is there. Um, But yeah, we've stayed a long time on the offense. I think it's warranted. It's been frustrating as tech fans, as, as fans who've known good offense, have seen good offense just to kind of see this lack luster offense go out there and, and just really have no confidence and it. it's been very frustrating um and so hopefully like like let's get to that last question that we kind of got diverted from what can he do can he do anything this year to get you back on the kitley train or, or have you kind of exited it already no i'm not out on him uh and we've looked like iowa so far this year but i think he can get us out of there and back into what we were more like last year um, scoring points, getting converting third and fourth downs for first downs, and you know, 
we need to score off turnovers as well. I mean, it's just execution all around yeah. from Tilly and the receivers and the quarterback. So everybody's got to be better. Like, so I think the best tweet was like, we just got to be play better football. Play better. Like, that's exactly right. Yeah. Hey, all around. You know, receivers got to catch, got to help your quarterbacks out. Quarterbacks got to put better passes for the receivers to catch. Lines got to help out. Um, for me, it, it, it's – it's it starts with Taj, man. You got to lean on the guy that that's the most trustworthy thing for your offense right now. Just refrain yep. if he can refrain from the quarterback runs. Give the ball to Taj maybe 30, 35 times this Houston game. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> like, all right, maybe he can do this. But it, it, like he's got some good calls in him. Like there's times he's dialed up some really nice plays. I'm like, wow, that's a great play. Like I I still believe in Kitley. I still think he can get there. I still think it's a little bit of a learning curve. He's like our age, um, you know, and, and he's out there calling power five offensive football. I know. Um, I know. He's got some learning to do, but like it starts yeah. with the run game. It starts with Taj. It's Brooks time. It's always Brooks time first. And then let the offense come to you, you know, let him help the yes. quarterback. He takes pressure off the quarterback. If you give him the rock and let yes. him. And so I think that's, that's where it starts for me. If he can show that he can do that. Um, you know, I'll start, I'll start believing in him a little bit more, but it's been frustrating start. Um, some stats for you guys, right before we get on to, uh, Houston, I know we took some time here, but we won't spend too much time on Houston. Um, a familiar, familiar foe, um, Very. And, and really, you know, two teams that are struggling here out the gates, but, uh, Tyler Shuck before he got injured, he was just two of six on the day for three yards passing. He had a few rushes, a few rushing yards. Um, so uh, he left, you know, of course, uh, early Baron came in, he was 13 of 37 for 158 yards and a Ugh. touchdown 16.1 QBR. As we mentioned again, Taj Brooks, 25 carries 149 yards. Um, your offensive MVP so far this season, uh, Xavier white was your leading receiver with three catches for 45 yards. Um, no other receiver, you know, no receiver had more than three receptions, uh, defensively Malik Dunlap and Ben Roberts were your, uh, Hell yeah guys with a turnover on the defensive side of the ball. Malik Dunlap's third pick in just two games. Uh, he's been on a heater on that end. Yeah. Our prediction review, Dustin, we were quite off this week. Uh, maybe me way more than you. Um, I got half of one of mine. You got half of one of yours. Um, your score prediction, 38-17 to 17 Red Raiders, 34-21 to 21 Red Raiders for me. Uh, of course, Texas Day lost, so... <laughs> Nowhere close on that. Offensively, this might be the worst prediction I've ever made. Above 50% on third down conversions is what I was asking yeah, for. And we went two for fucking 18. Slap in the hell face no, there. we're not doing that for you. Uh, so that was tough. Dustin's prediction was Taj Brooks would rush for over 100 yards and a wide receiver would go for over 100 yards. Taj Brooks was well over 100 yards, so we got that one right. But as we mentioned, Saber White only had 45 yards on the day, so he misses the – the two for should have just yeah. stuck with the Taj Brooks there. Um, defensively, Dustin asked for three sacks. We only got one sack, and I asked for just Steve Linton to do something, and he still couldn't do anything. Didn't do it. <laughs> he still couldn't do anything. Uh, what did he have? I think he had three tackles on the day um, and a half tackle for loss. Uh, let's yeah. check. Check. Want to be right on that? Yep, three tackles, one solo tackle, and a point five on a tackle for loss. So. Was asking for Steve Linton to show a pulse. I don't think he really showed a pulse there. So, uh, we, we fell those predictions, but we move on to Texas Tech versus Houston. All right. 
All right, Dustin Will, a familiar opponent, comes to Lubbock this weekend. The only thing different this time is now they are, are a part of the Big 12 Conference, and that is Dana Holgerson's Houston Cougars as they come to Lubbock for the first time as Big 12 members. Uh, just how you feeling? And, you know, after the rough start, how you feeling about Saturday and going out to the Jones for our first home conference game of the season? Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like this is a gimme game anymore because that's not how we treated West that's how we treated West Virginia and look what that got us so I don't know about any game from this point forward approach with caution I don't think it's a hundred percent slam dunk or whatever um Houston has played you well I mean even though you've beaten them they played you well over the years so they don't make it easy either I think that eight nine or ten point favorite that we've seen bounce around is a lot considering we scored one touchdown last week (laughs) so i'm just hoping for better um it's gonna be interesting to see donovan smith in a different shade of red red and white than what we're used to um he was the one playing this game last year so it's kind of crazy gets to play it again on the other sideline yeah that's the most interesting part to me and what's an otherwise kind of boring game at this point um both teams 0-1 in conference play. Houston's 2-2. Two and two. Tech 1-3. and three. Yeah, it, it's fun to... It'll be fun. I, you know, I have no ill will towards Donovan. I, I appreciated no. what he did for us All while right. he was at Tech. So I think most Texas Tech fans feel that way. And so uh, I'm curious to see, you know, how he will do on the other sidelines and, and how he'll be playing in this game. I'm sure UH is going to get up for it considering the fact that he is from, you know, was playing at Texas Tech. And so... Uh, I expect him to come out and, and probably maybe have his best game of the season or at least try to. Oh, yeah. I'm um, worried about that. Uh, and so that would be my big worry for you. And, and, and yeah, like you said, it's just kind of approach all these games with caution and hope for the best, expect yeah. the worst. That kind of mentality that we've had over the last decade here is just, you know, being favored by eight points right now uh, uh, scares me. I haven't seen anything from this team that, that shows that we can win a game by a lot of points right now. Um, you know, every game that you've played in besides Tarleton state has been within uh, a score. And so, yep. uh, that's, that's something that I, you know, is kind of frustrating. And so either this game can be another, another game that leaves you frustrated and maybe you win it, uh, but it doesn't look pretty, or maybe you're able to kind of get some things corrected against a team that you should beat. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for is maybe this is, is where, <laughs> The season gets going. That's what you can hope for, a home game against a conference foe that you should beat, and maybe things kind of get corrected. Maybe Borton, uh, Baron Morton goes out there, looks like the Baron Morton we know we can see, so. and the offense looks right. Taj Brooks gets lots of carries, lots of yards, uh, and you're able to cruise to a victory. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I'm more nervous for this game than I was heading into the season, yeah. that's for sure. On the good points about Ellis – there, I mean, we just harped on us for a long time. On the Houston side, I mean, yeah, I'm worried about Donovan balling out very hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, he'll probably get – I don't know. He'll get a mix of cheers and boos when he comes out, as he should. Um, not boos in, like, a bad way, but just because, hey, you're yeah. not playing for us anymore. We'll boo everybody. Um, but I'm worried about his legs. Um, yeah. We And not in the traditional sense either, like – we know he's a RPO and running quarterback and they use him that way. And that's his best skill set. Honestly. I mean, he's huge and does a really good job at it. Um, we're good at 
you know, stopping the run. It's, and he's not that great of a passer. We also know that. Like, that's the thing. We know a lot about him. Um, He also knows quite a bit about us, but I think it helps us more knowing more of him and his style. But with one of our weaknesses has been not being able to get to the quarterback or let the quarterback get loose on a passing play. Like, letting the quarterback have extra running uh, plays than called. Yeah. That, is what has those, that us. integrity when you're rushing the quarterback, you know, and, and so like, I'm not worried about quarterback power play um, and RPOs. Yeah. Honestly, I'm worried about drop, drop backs, not getting to him and he gets loose and, you know, runs for 15 and runs one of our DBs over cause he's way bigger than them. So yep. that's, that's my biggest concern with Donovan against our defense. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I just can pretty much repeat everything you said there. That's that's the thing that makes me nervous, and there's always that extra motivation that he'll have, and, and maybe that motivates him to play a good game. Maybe that motivates him, and, and he tries to overdo it on some plays, and it ends up being in your so. benefit, you know? He's been turnover-prone yeah. in his past. It's one thing we know well is Donovan Smith we will know. probably turn the ball over maybe a few times here. Um, it's just kind of how he plays. He plays a little reckless, but also he can make big plays for you. And, and so that'll be interesting to see uh, how, you know, Dana and Donovan, you know, are going to try to attack this defense. This defense has been sturdy for you, especially the run defense, which is one of the things that we yeah. we're kind of concerned about. It's been oh, yeah. probably your most sure thing on the defensive side of the ball is, is that mm-hmm. rush defense. Yep. And, and really what they bring in is Donovan, who's passed for a little over 1,000 yards so far this year, five touchdowns. He's already thrown three picks. Um, their leading rusher on the year has only 147 yards. Um, so I, I expect us to kind of keep their rushing, uh, you know, their their attempted runs uh, in check. It's always the scrambles. And their leading receiver on the year has 405 yards. So uh, they have some guys on the receiving end who can burn you. Um, so we'll, you know, hope that Malik Dunlap, Rashad Williams, Braylon Lux in your secondary yeah. brings it for this one. They don't have a Tank Dell on their they team do not. anymore. They do so not have a Tank Dell. That helps. Having himself uh, already a pretty good <laughs> rookie campaign. Not pick, surprised. Pick him up in fantasy if you haven't. or He's probably not available in any <laughs> league gone. at this point. But he gone. I got him in a couple. I feel good about that pick. Good job. Um offensively i mean i think we can keep this pretty simple here dustin uh what what do you expect offensively from us run the ball and get first downs please yeah (laughs) we can score on turnovers run the ball get first down score more than three points off two turnovers like amen i cannot tell you how mad i will be if on our first drive of the game we do not we have a three and out and Taj Brooks does not get the ball. Um, it yeah. should be the first play Taj Brooks gets the ball, but if it's not the second or third and you punt and you go four and out with the, or three and out and don't give Taj brawl, I will be pissed. He should have yes. well over 30 carries. I think in this game, Houston is the team that has struggled against the run. This is an opportune time for you to get Taj Brooks going. And I, I'm not going to be mad if it, if it's Taj Brooks, 25 carries, Cameron Valdez, 10 carries. Like, your running backs should have yeah. over 30 carries easily in this yeah, game. Yeah, and I think now that Cameron Valdez is back to healthy, I think Taj might not get all 30 of those, but yeah. 30 combined should be doable. You should be well past that, I think, uh, if if Cameron is, is healthy. And you've given Nehemiah some run. Like, give him some run. I, I do not care. Put – 
run the ball with guys who are better than your quarterback at it. <laughs> like that's, that's the easy thing. Um, yeah. and so that's, that's what I expect. And that'll help Baron. You know, that I really think that'll help Baron. That'll help the offensive line. That'll take pressure off him. Uh, and then I think that will help your passing game and, and, and let him let the passing game come to him that way. And so that's what I expect from this offense. So, uh, any other tech Houston tidbits? I know we spent more time on West Virginia. Um, you know, Houston, honestly, <sighs> kind of boring game, kind of just, I don't know. just want to throw it up and see what happens here. And then, you know, <laughs> Maybe a get right game for the Red Raiders, hopefully. Let's keep hoping for that. <laughs> Where we're, yeah, it's going to be the end of the season. Maybe this will be the get right game. Um, but a good opportunity for Texas Tech to get in the win column this week against a struggling Houston team. So we'll see what we can do there. Game predictions for Texas Tech versus Houston. Dustin, let's get into it. Texas Tech currently, last I saw, a eight-point favorite shot bet. Texas Tech versus Houston. Which way are you going? Oh, if we're going on eight points, I do not have us covering that. All right, Dustin's going with Houston plus eight. Dustin, I would be with you, but I am doing this in just hope that we can have a game that we don't have to sweat, that you come out here and win a game. And for the first time this season, we feel like we watched the team that we were taught or we were showed this whole offseason, that we can kind of walk away with our heads held high. I don't think it's going to happen, but I just wishful thinking, wishful thinking. So I'm going to take one of us will win, win this. And and it's fun. This is the first time we split that so far in the Texas shot bet this season. So Dustin's going Houston plus eight. I am going Texas tech plus eight. Dustin, what is your final score prediction? Yeah, I feel like I've been way over on points for a while and not going to do that this time, but I do think we score a few points because Houston shouldn't be as good. But I'm going to take Tech 31 to 24 with a victory. Dustin going 31 to 24. Still was, close. Houston covers. I was pretty close to you. I was going to go 31 20. So we're, we're very close to each other in our score predictions there. I think, like you said, I, I kind of agree. I think we'll be able to score some points this weekend. We always play better at home. So we're going to take that into account. Uh, Joey McGuire coach teams can't play on the road, but we can play at home, uh, hope for a better offensive showing and then, uh, defense do their job. So, um, both very in line with our score predictions. Um, but of course I have to have mine covering, um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, offensive prediction, Dustin, what are you going with? I got given Brooks 20 touches in this game. 20 touches. I said touches instead of rushing. So. I think he gets a couple passes maybe here and there, but 20 touches, please, for Tosh. I'm going with Tosh, 30 touches. I, I was saying with... <laughs> God damn. He's not getting 30. Um, if he, he does, was at 25 last thing. week. He was at 25 last week, and you didn't run him at all in the first half. He should get well over <laughs> 30 right. touches. I'm, you know, I, I'm saying rushing and, and running there in line. He, last week he was at, I think he had 27 or 28 total touches, so um uh pretty close in line there i'm just uh, uh defensively let's go uh what do you got for us defensively i'll get player specific i'm gonna go with malik dunlap to get a pick for his third straight game he's on fire donovan likes to give the ball up to the other team sometimes malik has been keen to take that away so i'll get, take malik with a pick 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in agreement with you. I think Malik Dunlap's been playing really good. I think he can keep it going. I think your defense has played well. They've gotten um, multiple takeovers in every game except for Oregon. Uh, we know Donovan's going to try to turn the ball over a couple times. I'm going to go. This yeah. is your second take three game of the season. I like it. Um, I, I think like Houston's going to be a team that's going to cough it up, and I think you have an opportune defense this year that's been able to capitalize on some of those things. So. Uh, I think a couple of interceptions, a couple of fumbles, I think we'll get you Hell to that yeah. take three. So that's going to be my prediction. Not trying to get anything well, crazy this week. Um, um, but yeah, so those are our predictions to repeat it for you guys. Shot bet Dustin going Houston plus eight Brooks. I'm going Texas tech minus eight Dustin score 31, 24. I have 31, 20. We're really just kind of matching each other. <laughs> All these predictions, just a little, pretty, a little one way, close. a little the other. Dustin, Taj Brooks, 20 touches. I'm going with 30-plus touches. Dustin is going with Malik Dunlap to keep uh, his interception streak going with his third straight game with the pick. I'm going with Texas Tech getting their second take-three game of the season. That said, anything else you got football-related for us this week, Dustin? Uh, It is. I don't know what we're wearing Saturday. That usually comes out on Thursdays. Pay attention to that. Dress accordingly. But it's also the Hall of Fame night recognition and three guys are going in i don't know the first guy he's a little past when i started keeping up but cliff is going in obviously great quarterback Uh, we appreciate everything he's done here and then the great coach mike leach is going in his family kind of came to terms with the university and has agreed to this which is a great yep you know symbol for everything he's done for us and for football I mean, his coaching tree is amazing. Just the, you know, invent not invention, but how he brought the air raid yeah. into college football now. Um, kind of also special that Holgerson will be there for this. So I'd say if you can wear your Mike Leach or pirate gear for the game, go ahead and do that. Yeah, I don't have any pirate gear. You won't see me dressed up as a pirate, but always will be supporting the pirate. And you know, pirate t-shirts or whatever. Like Leech had a lot of those back then. Yeah, Leech. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously love Leech. You know, and and obviously just like waiting for football to get to back to those Leech days where it was so much fun. Um, so fun. And, and what he did here in that ten years, ten, I think it was what ten full years. Ten years, yeah. Was uh, you know, something that this 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 university desperately needs to get back to, you know, he, he was a legend. God, yeah. He made winning eight games here seem like <laughs> easy, like easy, you know, and we take that stuff for granted. And he was such a great offensive mind, such a, a, a awesome, just person to, to listen to and to hear from and hear his perspective on everything. So uh, we'll be cool for him. We'll be cool for Cliff to get inducted, you know, obviously feel a certain way about him as a coach, but as quarterback, he was great. Um, oh, yeah. you know, led us to, you know, was a, a part of some of those great leech offenses. So, and some of yep. my favorite Texas Tech football memories start there with Cliff Kingsbury. So, we'll be cool. Get out to the stadium this weekend to watch the Red Raiders take on Houston. We will be there. We will be cheering and we'll be with our friends probably over at the Matador Mafia tailgate, just hanging out with those yeah. guys because they know how to do a tailgate right. So, uh, if you happen to find yourself over by the Rawls, uh, College of Business building over by uh, baseball or whatever. That's where that tailgate is at. It is in the parking lot across from the ball, uh, the Rawls. Uh, they know how to do it there. So go see 
Matador Mafia and our guy Chris over there. That's where we will be hanging out. Um, but real quick before we get to our final shots for the week, Dustin, the Big 12 released their basketball schedule for uh, the Red Raiders. So we knew who the teams we were going to play. We know who were playing home and away. Now we know when we're playing them. Did you get a chance to look at the schedule? Yeah, I mean, I didn't dive into it. It's not that big a deal to me, but I mean, a couple things, like little things, I guess I noticed. Um, I mean, we don't have any terrible, like, yeah. back-to-back road trips. We only have one back-to-back road trip in there uh, with an asterisk in there that I'll come back to. Like, it's late at West Virginia, at Oklahoma State, late. Um, the other thing I just noticed, like, our kind of – by week, as you'd say, like one game that week is very early in week four. Um, us and Baylor are the only ones that have one that early. Um, you only have one game in that week, so you get one of the other days off. So that's pretty early. Um, so you got kind of like two-thirds of the schedule behind that, which could get tough. So I don't know if that helps you, hurts you, whatever. I liked at Texas – down there is super early when their students aren't really going to be there. Yeah. And our non-student game is Oklahoma state. So that's a good one. So I liked that on the front end. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is having Texas to kick off the, the big 12 season at UT. That's good. Um, I, that's typically where Kansas falls here. And so that's nice. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, you get Kansas and Texas on weekday games. So you'll have great crowds for those. Um, yeah. I mean, I just like knowing that this what the schedule is. Throw it up on my calendar. Uh, have those games, <laughs> and now we have a full Texas Tech basketball schedule, and we have a full women's basketball schedule. So you know that's nice. Yeah. The basketball's around the corner. We'll get to talk about that more here down the road. Yeah, we're like forty days away or something yeah. close to that. Yeah, close. I think we're like forty two like days, just days. over a month. Um, so get basketball getting closer. We'll ramp up our basketball stuff as it gets closer. As we're starting to hear stuff, but. Uh, wanted to mention that before we get out of here for the week. Dustin, you have any final shots for us? No, I'll uh, concede my time if that's still necessary. And now for a special edition of Final Shots, a segment we are now calling Taylor Talks, is my wife, Jeanette, who is a Swifty, a diehard Swifty. And, well, uh, rumors broke about a week or so ago, uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift were quietly hanging out. And then all of a sudden, Sunday happened. And now the whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift dating thing has taken on a whole new meeting, a whole new story. And Jeanette knows everything that there is to know about it. So please, Jeanette, take those of us who aren't in the Taylor Swift world through what you have been going through over the past week and through Sunday. Well, Calvin, it all started with a friendship bracelet and a dream. Uh, Those of you who know Taylor Swift is on tour right now. And a thing that all of her fans are doing, it's based off like a song lyric, is making friendship bracelets. And if you listen to Travis Kelsey's podcast, you know that he tried to shoot his shot with a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it. He sadly was not able to meet Taylor or give it to her, but he was very vocal about it. And so I think some people, you know, got the hint 
And, you know, as you said, the rumors started swirling. They're quietly talking. And I, as a Swifty, was like, I don't believe the rumors. I was not fully sold on it. So when Brooks came into the living room on Sunday and said, Taylor Swift is at the Chiefs game, I said, no, she's not. And then he said, yes, she is. And then he showed me the photo and I screamed quite loudly. Um, I was not on board at first, but now I am obsessed. Um, she was uh, in his press box having a wonderful time with Mama Kelsey, which I loved. I actually thought it was her mom for a second because they actually kind of look really similar. And that just got me to thinking that they would be like best friends, which also just feeds the everyone's excitement around this relationship. And she had a wonderful time. Travis Kelsey was a gentleman and did his job as a tight end and caught the football. <laughs> it's the best way I can explain that. And as we all saw, the Chiefs obliterated the Bears. All right. I know who the other team was. I was totally paying attention to that. And everyone in the press box said that Taylor was a joy to be around because she just is. Um, and after that, they were seen. Well, first of all, I'm sure everyone saw that video where they were like walking down the hallway together, like two little awkward high schoolers, uh, not holding hands for some reason. Can you explain the outfit that Travis was wearing? I would love to. So, <laughs> um, as everyone knows, probably not everyone, but psycho Swifties know. Um, I'm a psycho Swiftie. I, I personally identify as that. Um, she is re-recording one of her albums right now, and that's the 1989 album. And the colors that the Swifties associate with that is like a baby blue. And what was Mr. Travis Kelsey wearing? But a baby blue printed outfit. And when you go online to the website, what's that outfit called? The 1989 bedroom set. It is called the bedroom set. I think it has like, no, I think if you look at the print, look it up and look at the print. I think it's ladies. I think, I think, but we love a man who coordinates his outfit for his lady. So, you know, he's already scoring points with us Swifties and we loved it. Uh, we, we, we ate it up. We, we, we were just, it was like, um, what's the word like a rom-com come to life like a real life fairy tale you know and so after the video of him and taylor walking what has happened or transpired since then uh, and seeing some photos and some other things that you want to get into yeah so that video leaked we all were kind of just playing it on repeat and then some photos came out of taylor and travis driving off into the sunset just beautiful beautiful in his convertible i don't know what kind of vehicle it was but it's a convertible and taylor swift as everyone knows is like very private like when she enters her concert she's hiding in like a like a janitor cart like a gen janitor janitorial cart and so like the fact that she's just out here in a convertible vehicle with this man is like mind-blowing for us because she doesn't normally act like that so we're kind of like okay is this girl just like really in love she feels safe she feels protected she doesn't need her bodyguards and she's in a convertible very romantic we we love it 
and from the Camaro to TMZ posting some photos of her and him, correct? You skipped a step, but if you're not on TikTok like I am constantly, you would have skipped a step. But uh, people started getting on TikTok saying like, Taylor Swift just came into our restaurant and bought all of our meals so that we would leave. So there was a rumor going around that Taylor, Taylor or Travis, one of them, like bought out a restaurant so everyone would leave and they could have like a private party with their close friends. Then the TMZ photo leaks. The TMZ photo leaked and we had been hearing reports that she was in a denim dress and her and Travis were all cozy. And the TMZ photo confirmed those you know speculations that people were leaking because she's in her cute little denim dress and they're very cozy and it's adorable and Swifties love it because she just hasn't had the best track record you know with the guys she's picked before and from what we've kind of heard I mean kind of what I've seen from like other NFL podcasts that have come up on my For You page is that Travis Kelsey seems like a really good guy. So, of course, we're going to be excited for our girl. So, will you be buying a Kansas City Chiefs jersey here in the future? Depends. <laughs> I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Um, Honestly, I think I might. I would love it if they released like a special one that like had Swift in the back. But if this continues and, you know, Taylor keeps supporting her man at these games, I think I'm going to be forced to get myself a Kelsey 87 jersey. And the jersey, just the colors of the Chiefs go with her aesthetic, correct? They actually do. I'm very proud that you know that. Uh, yes, she loves red and she looked so happy in her signature red lipstick and her red outfit and her her fingernails were even painted red. It was great. She even has a whole album named Red. So it was just meant to be, I think. All right. Is there anything else that we need to know about this relationship before we end Taylor Talks for the first time? Uh, just that we all wish them well. And um, if this does end badly or well, I hope we get some good music out of it. As a Swifty, I mean, she's a poet. I love her. And it's always fun kind of getting those little hints of the relationship and then hearing them in her music. But I just hope they have a good time and they, they have fun. And I hope he treats her well. And those are my thoughts. Thank you. And that was the first edition of Taylor Talks. Thank you, Jeanette, a.k.a. The Wife, joining us for this important segment, this important information that, you know, has been circling. Uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey jerseys sales have spiked. The Kansas City Female. Chiefs Bear game was the most watched game on NFL Sunday. Uh, so this relationship is gaining some traction. And, you know... As further details, as further things happen, Jeanette might be back for some more Taylor Talks uh, to, you know, spice things up a little bit here. Uh, we can only talk about tech losing so much. We got to talk about somebody else winning in life. And it seems like Taylor and Travis are doing that right now.
Uh, but for me, I'm going to give a little bit of a, a story here. So yesterday, Brooks Robinson passed away, the great Brooks Robinson. If you're not familiar with who Brooks Robinson is, he was a Hall of Fame third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, maybe one of the best third basemen to ever do it. Uh, played 23 years all for the Baltimore hey. Orioles. Um, was incredible. Maybe had one of the best defensive World Series of all time. Uh, a great hitter, a great person. And there's a quote of a Baltimore writer, I don't have his name, saying that uh, Yankee players might get a candy bar named after him, uh, but people name their kids after Brooks Robinson. And one of those kids that's named after Brooks Robinson is me. Uh, that is where my name hey, comes from. My dad was a big Brooks Robinson fan. And so that is why my name is Brooks. And so, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, kind of uh, – sucks that uh, a guy like this has passed away and from everything all the tributes that i've seen it just seems like not only was an amazing baseball player but he was an amazing person and somebody that i'm uh, very happy to be named after and and some you know buddy that i'm glad i get to have that story there's kind of a cool story that my dad can tell probably better than i can here but uh, how my name was announced to my family was actually announced on a texas rangers baseball broadcast my dad had went to see a rangers game ran into the broadcast crew before the game and kind of mentioned, you know, Hey, if you, my wife's going to be listening on the radio, uh, she's at home pregnant with our son. His name's going to be Brooks after the great Brooks Robinson and the announcer That's gave cool. my mom a shout out on the radio. And my uncle happened to be listening, uh, up in Kansas, a big Ranger fan who listened to every broadcast, heard it. Next thing you know, everybody in my family knew that, uh, my parents were having a boy and his name was going to be Brooks. And so, Sweet. Uh, so yeah, named after Brooks Robinson, his nickname's Brooksy, just like mine. So, um, RIP Brooks Robinson and thoughts and prayers to his family and everybody who uh, was close to him in the baseball world and the Baltimore Orioles who are all hurting with his loss, but thought I'd share a little tidbit there. Um, and, and kind of why, you know, why I have my name. I'm Brooks. Cool, I'm Brooksy. So, all right. Well, that will do it for us this week here at Tailgate Talks. We know the season has been up to a rough start, but we will be here each week to to vent, to celebrate when we get the wins. Who knows how rare they might be? But we will be here along the way uh, and to make sure you're following along with everything we are doing here at Tailgate Talks. Please give us a follow. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Share us with your friends, with your Red Raider friends who are looking for a good Texas Tech podcast to listen to. The Nation has lots of good podcasts, but we would love to be that number one podcast. Share us with your friends. Share us on Twitter. Share us on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you want to. Uh, and if you listen to us on Apple, we always appreciate those reviews. Remember, five stars. Five stars for the tailgate. Also, follow us along on social media. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. That's where we do most of our posting and interacting, but we also have Facebook and Instagram. And give that YouTube channel a follow is where we post some of our reaction videos to games as well as our predictions. Uh, we appreciate you guys venting with us, getting out some of this frustration from this past Texas Tech weekend. Uh, we look forward to a home game versus Houston. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate.